church as a witness to all nations of the acceleration of the word of God. The gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection will be going out. And folks, today that is happening. Why, Dr. Billy Graham, will you agree with him or not? There's one thing you have to say. He has preached to more people in his lifetime than any person has ever preached on on the face of this earth, including the Apostle Paul. There's never been a man that has preached to more nations and preached to more people than Dr. Billy Graham. I have myself preached to more people in my 48 years in the ministry than my friend that anybody in that Old Testament or New Testament character ever recorded in the Word of God. Well, there's no doubt about it with the radio and with television and the means of communication we have and the reading material today and the tapes we have. Whether we can reach the world today and every nation with the message of salvation. The gospel has gone forth. There's never been a generation had the ability to get out the message as we have in this generation. And yet 75% of this earth has never heard of Jesus Christ. Have never heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the last thing revealed in the scripture there will be the Jewish people coming on the scene. The Bible said in Matthew 24 32, learn a parable of the fig tree. Where is the parable of the fig tree? Judges the ninth chapter. When God likens Israel as the fig tree, learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branches yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise in the same fashion, in the same manner, when you see all what is that all? All the things you just read in the 24th chapter. When all these things are happening at the same time, then you'll know my coming is near even at the door. For this generation, what generation? The Greek word is genera, and it's talking about the subject of fig tree. So tie on to your subject. The generation that sees the bud in the fig tree shall not cease or pass away till all these things are fulfilled. And see, and we are the only generation have seen the awakening of the Hebrew people. Now that is no accident. On our May 14, 4 p.m. in 1948, little Israel became an independent state for the first time in 2,500 years. Brother, that is the fulfillment of the scripture of God. It was a, a newspaper editor who came to Dr. M. R. DeHaan, the great theologian, on the radio Bible class a number of years ago and said to him, what proof do we have today that the Bible is God's holy word? You know what Dr. Han said? One word, Israel. The best proof we have. Why all through that Old Testament, the law and the prophets, they prophesied time at the time. And it's an amazing thing. Here is oh, 27 writers of the Old Testament. 27 men over a period of a thousand years are prophesying about a nation. Not one fellow knows how much the other fellow mentions that nation. Put it all together and over 1,000 prophecies pertaining to the nation of Israel. And every bit of it was fulfilled in May 14, 1948. Brother, no man could have planned it that way. That had to be God. And brother, there are people, there's awakening of Israel. That's God's timetable for the day. You see, God has two signs to this generation. Only two signs. We talk about signs. Well, we Christians don't live by signs. And any time you put signs in the Christian faith, you are deceiving yourself and other people. 
Paul said in 1 Corinthians, the Jews seek after sign and the Greek after wisdom, but we walk by faith. We don't go by sign. And when you put signs and tongues and feelings and experiences and dreams and visions ahead of faith in Jesus, you are confused. Brother, God gave signs only to the Jewish people, all through the scripture. And what are the two signs? There'll be one sign would be the budding of the fig tree. Israel become the nation. The other was a heavenly sign. Luke 21, 24, which is signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up your redemption draw it nigh. And so the earthly sign is the nation of Israel. That's how we know we're living in the last generation. That's how we know the Lord will soon be coming because we can preach from this pulpit tonight that no other preacher in history has ever been able to preach. Before 1948, any preacher that stood up and preached that the Lord could come in their generation, that person did not have the full knowledge of God's word. Because he could not come before 1948. Because all through the scripture, the Messiah will not come until Israel is back in their land. Well, they hadn't been in that land in 2,500 years as a nation, so he could not come before 1948. But now he can come. We're the only generation can say that. I can preach here tonight, and I am preaching something that Twido Moody couldn't preach. Billy Sunday couldn't preach. I can preach something that Charles Spurgeon couldn't preach. Charles Finney couldn't preach. Jonathan Edwards couldn't preach it. Christopher Arden couldn't preach it. Brother, that Jesus could come now. Why? Because Israel is a nation. That makes us different, folks. And we're the only generation. And there's awakening of the Hebrew people. Israel's gone back to the land. Well, they haven't gone back in belief. They've gone back unbelief. But they're still gone back. That's the thing. And they went back into a land that's been waste and useless and arid ground and now is blossoming forth as a garden of paradise. The last time I was in Israel, oh, it blessed my heart. We were going down to the Negra Desert and with, I guess, 40 or 50 minutes into that desert. And it was hot and I mean it was desert too. Nothing was growing, just sand and sand and sand. And Avi, our guide, said to us, everybody get your Bible out. Get your cameras ready. And so we went over a little incline and we looked up on a scene that was so, I mean, so shocking. We forgot to take our pictures. Nobody was able to take a picture. We just stood and stared. People had tears in the eyes because right in front of us out there in the desert were thousands and thousands of acres of palm trees and olive trees and fig trees and grape vineyards and artichokes and asparagus and watermelons and pepper and tomato growing right out in the desert. Thousands of acres and then we turn to the scriptures in Isaiah 34.1 in the last days the deserts shall blossom forth as a garden. And there it is right before our eyes. Don't you tell me that's not fulfilling the scripture. If you do we'll send you off to a mental institution that's that's exactly what you need no doubt about it it's amazing what's happening 
Why, there was a city over there that's been missing, and they haven't found it. An archaeologist that went through the land and said, there is no such city. Why, the, the Bible mentions it time after time, but there is no city. There's no history of it. And not too long ago, they found it, began to dig in the tell, and they found Bethshehan. And now they've been restored, and they found a larger Roman amphitheater that seat over uh, 10,000 people, and they started services this spring in there in the land of Israel. That's no accident. Why well, I was standing in Jericho. Have you ever been to Jericho? It gets 120 and 130 degrees there in summertime. That's a hot place, folks. And listen, there's one thing you can go and talk to all these people who have grape vineyards. You don't grow grapes in hot weather. It's got to have some cool weather. And yet you go down to Jericho and you see thousands and thousands of grape vineyards growing all around the city of Jericho. And we stood there with about 40 of us one day and we saw the scripture being fulfilled. As the member of the spies went over and spied out the land in the days of Joshua and they came back and talked about a, a bunch of grapes were so large it took two men to carry them. We saw that. I got a picture of it. We saw coming out of the great vineyards of Jericho. Two men carrying a bunch of grapes that was over three feet long. And the grapes looked like plums. Brother, there was scripture being fulfilled and the land was not supposed to happen, but it was happening. Don't tell the Jews. They just don't believe anything. that They accept it and it's happening just like God said it. You see, there's awakening of a people. They're going back to the land again. Why this past year, 3,800 130 Jews immigrated back to the land of Israel every month. And they're going back every day, more and more and more. But God said this would happen. Did you know that? The Bible said he would not give them any land until the people went back. And more people go back, the more land he would give them. That's been his program. Why, in 1948, there was only 600,000 Jews went back to land then. You know, that's an amazing thing. I kind of get excited when I think about that. Now, this is amazing. Uh, 1947, the United Nations took a census. They're going to peti they petitioned the land of Israel. They're going to give Israel a certain part, and they gave them a swamp. And they gave the Arabs a nice West Bank and gave them the fertile land. And that was 1947, on the record, United Nations. And you know what they did? They took a census of the land of Israel, all the Jews, so they know how many Jews go, for, go back to the land. And they said they found there was 46,450 Jews in that census that formed the, in the land of Israel in 1947. Now you think about it. 46,450 Jews was the census. Well, in 1949, Israel had been a year as a nation now. So in 1949, Israel, the Knesset, they took a census of the land of Israel. And what did they find? They found there were 650,000 Jews in that land in 1949. Well, from 46,450 to 650,000. So if you subtract that, what would you come up with? An answer, uh, how many Jews came in that land to form a nation? 603,550 then. Wasn't that right? Am my figures correct? Okay. Now, and, and that's on the record. Jack Dan Empey had that in his paper not too long ago. Tim LaHaye had in his book the same thing. So it's no secret. 
We know exactly. So 603,550 Jews then came into that land to form that nation as immigrants into that land in 1948. Now that's wonderful, amazing. Did that number mean anything? Would you like to get your hair standing up? Make a curl on you? Get the goosebumps jumping down your back? All right, turn your Bible to Numbers, the second chapter. The book of Numbers, the second chapter. Let's read the book, what God said in the book of Numbers. When the children of Israel left the land of Egypt 3,500 years ago, God said he's going to number all those people leaving that land. Let's see how many left the land of Egypt. Numbers, the second chapter, and we're going to turn over there. I got this old new Bible. I can't find nothing in it. But notice the, what is said in the 32nd verse of the second chapter. These are those which were numbered of the children of Israel by the house of their fathers. All those are numbered of the camp throughout. Their host was 600,000, 3,550. So how many of them left Egypt to go to the promised land? 603,550 and 3,500 years later, how many went into that land? 603,550. They didn't lose one of the ancestors. Not even one. Isn't that amazing? You say, oh, that's a coincidence. Is it? I don't think the Lord works with coincidence. No, this is the world. There's awakening. They've gone into the land. They're still going into the land. And I tell you, folks, not too long ago, another group started in Afghanistan. All oh, Russia's moved out. But you know that 27.6% of the Afghanistan people are Jews? Did you know that? And now, last year, over 6,000 of them immigrated to the land of Israel. They're going back. You know who they are? They're from the tribe of Manasseh. Manasseh tribe is going back. That's right. And from Ethiopia came the tribe of Dan a couple years ago. And from down in Yemen, we had Asher tribe and Issachar. The 12 tribes are going back. Judah's already back in the land of Jerusalem. It's amazing. Ephraim is going back. Why the Chinese Jews, and I talk about them Sunday night, but the Chinese Jews are going back and from the, and they're all the, from the tribe of Natali, of the Chinese, they're going back. You see, when you talk about Jews, they're of all people. They're black Jews and yellow Jews and red Jews and pink Jews and blue Jews and just about any color you want to find, you find a Jew for it, folks. And they're of every nationality, the German Jews and French Jews, American Jews, Italian Jews, Chinese Jews, the Japanese Jews. I don't care, brother, wherever they're living, that's what they are. They're different. You come from any nation in the world, come to America, we call you an American. But let a Jew come over here, brother, they're a Jew. They never change. They still say the same. Now, we always put that adjective in front of them. But they're always the same. They're going back. So we're living today. Four things have taken place now. Revealing to the Jewish people. And brother, when those happen, it reveals that we're living in the last day. The rapture is ready to take place. And what is it? Animosity in the world. Apostasy of the church. And the acceleration of the gospel. And the awakening of the Jewish people. No other generation can say that but our generation. You remember back in the Old Testament days. Remember the children of Israel that came out of the land of Egypt. And Moses 
was leading his people, Moses saw a burning bush on fire. He goes over to the burning bush and God said, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. First piece of ground ever called holy in the word of God. Now, what is God saying? What is the real message there? He's saying this, that burning bush is like my people Israel. They are eternal. You can't destroy them. They are like a, a fire that shall burn and burn. God said by the prophet Isaiah, he said, my people are eternal. And the old burning bush has been burning for all these centuries. And the light is getting brighter and brighter because God placed them, his people, into a holy ground. And that ground is even holy to this day. It won't be long till the Messiah shall come. And when he comes, brother, means what? When that happens, the rapture already took place. I'll be in heaven. If you're saved, that's where you'll be. We'll be in the presence of our God. Because seven years before he comes back, brother, he'll catch us up in the clouds. I'm glad I'm living at the time of the coming of my Lord. I'm so glad to see the fulfillment of the word of God. I'm so glad to even see time run out. I feel sorry for the next generation. I really do if the Lord tarries. But what's happening, I'm so glad I'm in this last generation. And I have no doubt this is it. Now, some of you sit here tonight. You say, oh, I, I'll just take my chances. You're not going to get me all excited. Okay. God always warns before he judges. Time's running out on us, folks. I believe that this generation is going to see the Lord's return. Now, I don't know when, but I do know it's going to happen. This, I have no doubt in my mind. I believe that this is the last generation. There's 31 things happening today that's never happened in any other generation. All happening now, and every one of them, God revealed his word, is when the Messiah would come when these things happen. That's no accident. That's no coincidence. Plain logic tells me that has to be the last generation. Folks, I believe this is it. And death is sure. Brother, he's coming again. Let me close with this. Two years ago, this past week, at Lake Charles, I had my stroke. I laid on the bed for three days. Doctor said I wouldn't live, wouldn't go make it. Told my wife that, told my children that came down. I've always heard in my life, I've preached about it. I read in books, testimonies of people. They say they went into a tunnel, and then they saw a light at the other end of it. And they said that was the tunnel of death. There's a light at the other end. You go into that light. If you ever go into that light, you never come back. I know about that now. I, I don't have to read about it. I can tell you with experience, I went into that tunnel. I saw that tunnel. And I saw the light at the other end of it, getting brighter and brighter and brighter. But all at once, I started going backwards. I went back, left the light. The Lord wasn't finished with me yet. Listen, folks, it happens fast. So fast you don't have time to pray, don't have time to say yes or no, anything. It was just like that. And I was stricken. So every one of us is one heartbeat from eternity right now. Just like that. You're facing eternity. And today the Jews are lost. They need Jesus like anyone else. Just like you need him tonight. Have you never been saved? Listen, you're dwelling in darkness and death and judgment is sure and death is certain we was in the hotel room the pastor picked me up today the airport took me to the hotel 
While we're sitting there talking about things and just different things, the maid was working. She was late today. She was working in the room. And the pastor just said to her, do you know Jesus? She didn't know him. Begin to tell her, you have been saved? No. And then she made a question, made a statement, just opened the way up. How do you get saved? <laughs> well, you know what Brother White did. And it didn't take a few minutes. He had her there and had her head bowed, leading her in prayer. And she said, I'll accept Jesus as my Savior. See, folks, that chance to give it to every one of you every day. Every day you have an opportunity. And people are going to hell. Every time you snap your fingers, every time you snap your fingers, ten people died on this earth. Nine of them went to hell. Did you know that? According to what the Bible teaches. And folks, some of them are your friends. Some of your loved ones. Some of your children. They don't know Christ. You say you love them? Give them the best. Give them Jesus. Jesus is coming, folks. And the rapture is very near. Let's stand for prayer. With our heads bowed, I'm going to ask the pianist organist to come. And after prayer, there'll be no playing, but after prayer, I want the pianist to hit the first note of Just As I Am without one plea. She hits that first note, she'll start playing. Brother Johnny will lead us. Organists will join. We just start singing just as I am. As we start singing, if you never accepted Jesus Christ, are you listening? You've never accepted Jesus. You might be a member of the church. That's fine and good, but that won't help you. You join all the churches you want and go to devil's hell. So, but I live a good life. You can live a perfect life and go to hell. That won't help you. Man's righteousness is filthy rags before God, the Bible said. It's Christ's righteousness that saves, not yours. And you need him. And tonight, if your heart's beating a little faster, there's a tug at your soul. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. You better check up on yourself. Be a terrible thing if the rapture happened you thought you were saved and you wasn't. You better make sure. You say, well, I think I am. Or I hope I am. You better know for surety. John said, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Not later, but now. Paul said, I know in whom I believe. So you better know too. And if there's any doubt in your mind, you better check up on yourself. If you knew tonight at midnight the rapture would take place, if you actually knew that, are you positive you'd be caught up to meet the Lord in the air? After all these years of ministry, I say, even what Hyman Appleman said many times, I believe that 90% of the church members are going to hell today. They've never been saved. From what this book teaches and what we see, there's something wrong, folks. And it's not the word of God. We better make sure, have you been born again? And after prayer, when we start singing, you want to come. The pastor will be here. There will be other people. We'll pray with you. Maybe perhaps your membership is not here. You ought to move your membership. be a good time to do it. Don't wait till Sunday. The Lord could come. Hate to have the Lord come back and kiss me drifting from one church to another. You ought to be found with a great responsibility when he comes as a good steward of the things of God. And then perhaps there might be some here tonight. You've got problems. Don't know which way to turn. Maybe you're unemployed. Maybe your bills are coming up. You don't know how to pay them. Maybe it could be that you're on dope. Maybe some sin or habit have enslaved you. And you're having a battle. 
and you're discouraged and depressed, you need somebody to pray with you. Would you come? You just bow here and somebody pray with you. The Bible said, any two touch green one thing, it shall be done. Then let us pray with you tonight. Would you do that? Now as I pray, will you join me in prayer, Father? We thank you now for this opportunity. Thank you for the richness of the word and the revelation of it. Oh, help us tonight that we might be found faithful about our Father's business at the catching up of the saints of God. Oh, help us tonight that we'll be useful and pleasing to our Lord. We pray tonight for those in this congregation that you have spoken to and they need to make a decision. May Christ become victorious in the life. May Satan be bound and may sin be defeated. Have your will in your way now. For Jesus' sake we pray it. Amen. Give us a card. Let's sing it. Make your way to the front. You'll never make a mistake and you do what the Lord wants. Will you come tonight? Oh, Lamb of God, I come, I come. You need Christ. You didn't come here by an accident. The Lord sent you here. He got something for you. You need Jesus tonight. He needs you too. His word. Four things happened to the church that's never happened before. And the bills were running down to the end of time. Oh, Lamb of God, I come.